0: It's October 16th, 2009. From the left, I'm Mike Benedetti. From the right, Brendan Melikan. From the res- vegetarian renaissance, <laughs> Drew Wilson. This is 508, a show about Worcester. Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Good morning. It's snowing. It is snowing. Can we... This is not going to show up the snow. I don't know. We'll see if there...
1: It was two weeks ago, I think, you had to open your mouth and say they would be willing to do this show in any kind of weather. And, uh... There's, here we are in any kind of weather
0: we actually did get good feedback this week so we had to come out again and do the show in the cold um, ah, my my stuff is blowing away here um, we have found also this morning we found a energy drink can out here um I don't see any like drug stuff we did find a we also found a oh here, there's a there's a uh, an alien head uh, dime bag and uh, we found a bunch of syringes by, or what a syringe by the road
1: is that a monster energy drink?
0: This is, this is, this is Monster's chaos. There's
1: an interesting lawsuit up in Vermont right now. Where
0: wait, wait, hold on. I didn't have that mic on you.
1: said an interesting lawsuit in Vermont? In Vermont, regarding Monster Energy drinks, they're suing a small craft beer uh, house in in uh, Vermont that makes a product called a Vermonster beer. And they're claiming a... <laughs> A trademark infringement on the the Monster label, or all
0: beverages involving the word Monster.
1: It, it seems that it is only companies that use the term Monster, though, because Monster Cable is also notorious for going after people. I mean, I think they've even sued Sesame Street for having monsters on the show. I mean, <laughs> people who people who use monsters as their their labels. They just nobody else. It's it's them and, and them alone.
0: There you go. Well, um, I wanted to, I wanted to do an update on something we covered we mentioned last week, which was is it possible that you can buy fresh Ethiopian Flatbread in Worcester. The answer is yes. At Fresh Farm Fresh, Farm Fresh, Fresh Farm Deli, 560 Lincoln Street, by the Auto Zone. Uh, awesome place. Really nice people. They're baking the stuff. They're making it fresh. They are Eritrean. And so now, uh, I think basically via mail order and going down there, you could make yourself. You could do all kinds of experiments with traditional Ethiopian cooking.
1: You know, I noticed uh, this week too, unrelated to uh, Eritrea, is. Uh, <laughs> The big Y uh, down on, on Mill Street is actually starting to carry a ton of locally sourced products now. If You go like their bread aisle; they've got a lot from like Bay State Bakery and whatnot. So you can sort of buy an awful Syrian bread that was made in I don't know wherever there are nobody from Syria. are um, you no know, Syrians, but you know the. They have awesome local products now. It's actually hard to not just grab local products, which seems to be a relatively new phenomenon over the last year or so. That's I a nice trend. I guess,
0: it that's is the, nice. I guess that's the next thing after organics is buying a local.
1: Well, it makes sense, though, probably at this point, where it, the, the cost of shipping products is probably getting so high that they, they're probably able to hold onto their margins better by actually just sourcing locally, even if it doesn't have the same brand recognition. But the products are better.
0: Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Well, we got we did get good feedback, so we are out here in the snow. Um, if you would like us to be out in whatever terrible weather happens next week, please send us some feedback. We're shooting for 10 pieces of feedback a week, phone calls, blog posts, whatever. Hello, WCCA listeners, watchers, by the way. Drew Wilson. I don't want to put you through any more coldness because you're you're uh, you're insufficiently garbed. <laughs> and What's, I didn't make the agreement. <laughs> what 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 is this week's update from the ongoing vegetarian veritable vegetarian renaissance in Worcester?
2: Well, so there's some great events last weekend that I talked about. We had right. that vegan feed-in over at the McDonald's, which was <laughs> a lot of
0: fun. How did they, I saw that you had like 12 people out, coming out to help you guys, basically like serve food in front of McDonald's as a weird protest.
2: Yeah, it was a it was a fun. It was a fun time. So what we did is we had uh, about 130 samples of vegetarian chicken. Um, so it's uh, Boca chicken patties. We cut them up in little pieces and gave them out to everybody who was going into McDonald's to say, Hey, here's an alternative. Try yeah. vegetarian food instead. You could
0: buy fake food from McDonald's or you could get free fake food here <laughs> on
2: the street. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, lots of people stopped. They tried the, the, the mock chicken. Um, heard a lot of people mm. said they liked it. They all took flyers about it. Actually, a couple of kids um, came over, tried the food. Probably came over just for the free food, but that's fine. That's why we were there. They read the flyer, and they actually said, can we help? Um, they stopped. They said they weren't going to go into McDonald's. Um, well, one of them said, um, will you hate me if I eat French fries? And I said, I wouldn't hate you either way. But um, My heart is full of love. <laughs> I don't know if we're living in the 1960s anymore. I wouldn't have said that. But um, So they joined us. They came and they held a, a sign, um, and uh, one of them was giving out flyers and stickers, and it was a lot of fun. Um, But this weekend, coming up, there's a cool event. I've got a flyer for it right here. I don't know if you can get that on the- Uh, Maple Farm Sanctuary, cow. (laughs) What is this? So Maple Farm Sanctuary is an animal sanctuary out in Menden, Massachusetts. It's about uh, 20 minutes from here. So what they do is they rescue animals from factory farms, from slaughterhouses, and they let them live out their lives in peace. Um, So people can come out and meet these animals that would have otherwise been their food. So you get get to know a a, a cow, a pig, a chicken, they've got turkeys. so this, this weekend they're having their open house, it's their annual picnic, where you can come and meet the animals, meet the person who, found, who founded the sanctuary. Um, it's actually a really interesting sanctuary because um, the people who run it um, were actually in their lifetime farming animals, it was a dairy farm before, and they decided to stop doing that because they didn't like the industry, they didn't like the way that it treated animals. So. Um, they, uh, so they, they converted it into this farm sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. So they're having this event, and we in Worcester are going to ride our bikes out to it. It's about an 18-mile ride, which might sound a little daunting, but um, it's really not. Uh, I'm no I'm no expert biker. Uh, I don't wear spandex when I ride my bike, but uh, I'm going on the ride. Should be a lot of fun. We're starting at the public library, at the Major Taylor statue. Very good. At 10 a.m. So it's going to be about a two-hour ride, um, weather permitting. Um, you can go to to the Veg Worcester website vegworchester.com and sign up and. Uh, it's free if you uh, sign up. <laughs> we're getting like this hail. is act with hail.
0: This is like actual. We're like getting like ice knocked off the trees on us. Um,
2: but if you sign up online, then uh, I'll give you a call the day before to let you know about the weather.
0: Awesome. That's... Well, thanks for coming out, Drew. Yeah, thanks a lot for being out. Feel here. Feel free it's to cool flee thing. back to the warmth of your car. <laughs> cool. Yeah, Hank Stoltz. Look at this, buddy. That's what I'm talking about. That's a talk Wait show. Have a good day, man. Um. So we got a we got a uh, we got, a, we, got a, we got some feedback about. Um, I don't know, we, we got some feedback about this weird this weird uh, thing where it seems like the female columnists in Worcester are like the most overtly misogynist columnists in Worcester. I, we want to have Cha-Cha Connor on to talk about this, though.
1: You're yeah, no expert on misogyny. I'm so.
0: not, uh, yeah, I'm not even, I'm not much of a misogynist. I've never been the victim of misogyny. Hmm. So cha going to come on and uh, give some analysis on this and explain to me maybe why I'm wrong. Um, we, we did get, we also got, ni- we had nice comments about this, though. I'll read those next week whenever we do that. Let's, uh. Can we get the laptop out oh, from under yeah. the protective ah, thing? This never happens. Ah, so, I want to read this comment. And try, can can we get the snow up a lot? I want to read this comment <laughs> on the website. This is from Noah Bombard, who's a former editor of Worcester Magazine. Uh, This is sort of following up on this whole uh, discussion we were having about uh, can Worcester's bloggers fill 5% of the accountability journalism needs in the city of Worcester as we see the newspaper fading away. Um, To piggyback off Brian's comment, I think the only thing standing in the way of a local blogger filling the role of a legitimate news source is the blogger himself, herself good reporting stands on its own whether it's in a blog or on the front page of the TNG. In fact, it agitates me when fellow journos lump bloggers together in these discussions about journalists versus bloggers. Blogging is essentially a platform. Sometimes it's a style. It's also as varied as the types of publications that are printed on paper. The same paper that the Wall Street Journal is printed on is used in Mad Magazine, well a close proximity. A few months ago, I was speaking to a group of old school print types about some news blogs we were creating. Wait, I don't understand, one person said. I thought blogs were opinions. They're whatever we put on them, was my response. An interested citizen with on, with time on their hands who can gather information accurately and report it in an insightful way, I believe, can be as legitimate a news source as any pre- press pass-carrying reporter. By the way, it's very easy to forge a press pass also. So <laughs> anybody can become a press pass-carrying reporter. Will officials respond to their questions and inquiries? If the blog becomes successful enough, they'll have to. Um, anyway, thank you, Noah. Noah was the... Uh, uh, short, very short-term uh, uh, editor of Worcester Magazine, sort of b- between uh, Michael Warshaw and Jim Keogh, and he was let go when they uh, had a big turnover when they sold the Worcester Magazine. So, uh, what's your, do you have any thoughts about yeah, that?
1: No, I mean, I think those are great comments. I don't think there's anyone that would look at someone like um, Glenn Greenwald, for example, and say that Glenn Greenwald is not uh, a journalist, right? But I mean, his primary platform, where people would find him now, is a blog on, I think it's Salon still. Yeah. Um, you know it's there's definitely a lot of opinion there but he's also a guy that isn't afraid to pick up the phone and rifle through you know uh, a huge uh, catalog of sources to 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 bring it, whether it's an opinion or an actual story together uh, it's, it's perfect and, I, and again i think it goes back to the point that you know if, if we are going to do that locally or if we're going to expect that locally it's just a matter of getting folks now who just have the platform to understand that you know it's a matter of uh, cultivating those those skills that would transform yeah. their opinions into actual reporting i uh
0: I, uh, I continue to think that getting some numbers some goals on this is important and whenever I get some free time I will yeah. try to generate these numbers uh, so I want so to get to uh, yeah. trying to generate some con- actual content on today's show um, so there's been a bunch of debates you and uh, you and Gary Rosen moderated a uh, school committee debate last Monday last Monday and uh, I think that I was there and taped it and whenever I get over my technical hurdles we'll put it on the internet um, uh, big winner was Gary Rosen <laughs>
1: <laughs> the guy is just an amazing entertainer. It's He impresses me more and more every time I hang out with the guy. Uh, he worked that crowd. The crowd was... Uh, Mostly uh, students, which I thought was great. You know, at first it, I was a little turned off. You know, we're gonna are, are you know thinking that the candidates might dumb things down because they're talking to the students. But this was at the uh, Buddhist temple down on Dewey Street, and a large number of kids who are members of the the temple, who are also uh, students in the Worcester Public Schools. Uh, I think South was was the primary place where they were from. Were interested and came down. Um, and Gary worked that crowd of students like nobody's business. I mean, if the folks from the Ringling Brothers and Barnum Ballet Circus, which was in town this week, saw him, they probably would have been ashamed of what they were doing uh, before to, to try and entertain the same demographic. <laughs> He's just.
0: He is the greatest show on earth. <laughs> Speaking of lawsuits, he should sue them. Um, so there have been a, there have been a, a bunch of debates, and uh, you know, unfortunately, the Telegram and Gazette has been dwelling, I think, a little bit too much on the fact that the, that the debates are boring. Like democracy, pretty boring. So I don't think that you need to have. I don't think that the debate is going to there's not going to be a, like a fight. It's not necessarily going to be like some stunning exchange of ideas
1: that we haven't heard before. They haven't haven't been the most exciting thing in in the world, and I think a lot of that has to do with the format. Um, But there was uh, Nick Itzopoulos, who has been doing a lot of political, obviously does a lot of political reporting in the city. He wrote a column uh, about a week ago uh, that was just expressing his opinions on the debates and the election season overall. Mm -hmm. And he actually made the point, which I thought was a good one, that if you're waiting for the local journalists to be the ones to tell you what to think, you're kind of missing out, you know, because there's... There's only so much space they have, there's only so many people that they can send out to do the coverage. And I thought that was actually pretty great of him to do so. We, we It's easy. you know. I, we're always picking on the the, you know, the, the, the journalists, so we're always picking on the papers and whatnot, uh, but the reality is there's only so many of them to, and, and they can only do so much coverage and for each right. a, each article they write, they only have so many words that they can put into print. Uh, the responsibility still does fall on all of us who are interested to actually go to these debates and see things firsthand
0: talk to these candidates
1: talk to them uh you know listen to them whenever we have the opportunity and there's been no shortage of opportunities i think this week alone there's been at least at least three maybe four school committee debates um just this week you know i mean there's no shortage of opportunity but then again when we come to election day we tend to see that seven to ten percent turnout rate uh doesn't seem like people are actually interested.
0: Do you think, uh, I mean, has, has there, is there anything that, like, the average Worcester voter should know that's come out of the debates in recent weeks? Like, has there, I mean, you know, aside from, oh, this guy's good at answering questions, or this guy's been ducking questions, or, you know, I mean, is there any, is, I mean, have we sort of learned anything? that we could pass on in a few minutes here? Yeah, well, you know,
1: I think the biggest thing is, and I don't know if it's something that we learned just now, but we've definitely heard uh, candidates on the, on the school committee uh, vocalize this, is that we're still looking at a huge, I mean, incredible shortfall in terms of budgeting for this, the public schools. It's upwards of $24 million. So the obvious question that's been coming up in every debate is where do you stand on, you know, raising taxes or, you know, increasing the tax levy? Um, and, again, nobody really has the, the solid answers that you would like to hear come from a candidate. Uh, they're taking the safe road, but that is something that everyone who is at least moderately interested in continuing to live in the city of Worcester needs to be paying attention to. Because if it's not just, just going to affect the schools, it's going to affect uh, everything we consider essential services, from infrastructure to police to fire. And unless we have rooms packed full of people who are demanding answers to these questions, uh, we can't pretend to be surprised six months from now, a year from now, when we start getting the uh, responses we don't want to these very important questions. Yeah. yeah. You know, we have the opportunity to ask these questions now uh, and demand answers to these questions now before we actually vote for people. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, you know, one, one question that you guys asked the school committee people was, why aren't more people running for the school committee? And I thought the obvious answer was, because nobody wants to be the bad guy. Why do you want to be the one to say, oh, yeah, we're shutting all, we're shutting all this stuff down and we're not going to be able to do an adequate job of running public schools because we have no money? Right. So I mean, somebody's going to do that but like why would you say oh yes that sounds like a great way to use
1: my spare time. Last night at the uh, school committee meeting uh, Jack Foley who's on the school committee actually made a similar comment to uh, or about Dorothy Hargrove who is currently on the school committee but is not running for re-election that uh, she is in fact the smartest person in the room uh, indicating that you know none of them should probably be running for for re-election in this kind of economic climate Uh, but again you know we're we're talking about people that we want to think are leaders Uh, leaders you would expect to jump at the opportunity to tackle a huge problem. Uh um, right. this is this is a huge problem, one one that we haven't faced in our lifetimes and probably never will again. Um, you would think that the if there are any actual leaders in the city, they would be climbing out of the trees, jumping out of the woodwork to you know, at the opportunity to tackle these huge problems. Doesn't seem to be happening.
0: Are you shivering?
1: I'm freezing right now. Jordan I'm also Jordan Levy. A cold.
0: Jordan Levy, look at this. This is <laughs> this is how it this is how it works, buddy. This is exactly how it works. <laughs> that heated room up there. Is there anything else? Is there anything else going on this week that we need to talk about in particular?
1: I don't know. I hope it gets warmer, Mike. It's, you it's know, too I, early for this.
0: I don't know. I talked to Chris Gould at the dive bar food cart last night. He said it's getting warmer next week.
1: Oh, beautiful. Well, there's there's definitely a few more days where we can afford to wear shorts before we're into a real winter.
0: All right. I hope so too. I have some stuff I need to do in the unheated parts of my house. And I don't want to do them while the NPD are this cold. I agree. Yeah. Um, I want to say, I, actually, let me just share a, one, one quick thought for about citizen journalism, is that we are now producing this show, this half-hour cable access show, with about um, uh, uh, like a $120 video camera. We're spending about $3 a week in ongoing costs. We can now produce the show using free software on any computer with a laptop. Or I'm sorry, not a computer. Any computer with a DVD burner, with a uh, with a weekly cost of about three dollars for uh, uh, burning a DVD and mailing the DVD to WCCA. Um, uh, total time is about 90 minutes to do this. Um, also, this involves putting this on the internet. Um, so, if you would like to do a, a weekly show on cable access, WCCA, um, you know, you can email us and we can give you the techniques. You can contact them at WCCATV.com. So, like, basically now, like, I, you know, like, putting stuff on YouTube is, like, pretty straightforward. Like, now that you can just burn the DVD and stick it up and, and send it out to WCCA, and we've, I think we showed that you can do some sort of credible uh... Absolutely. commentary mean, show with with without editing without a lot of complicated post-production
1: you and I are just a couple dudes shivering in the woods uh, and you know I'm sure there are no shortage of people not necessarily in the woods but people with opinions who would like to do just this and I personally will volunteer any time that I have at my disposal uh, to help people uh, get on their feet if, if they're interested in putting together a show not necessarily like this but just a show in general you know you mentioned that the cost and some uh, some of the hardware that we're using and, and whatnot the reality is we're kind of dealing with the sort of hardware, the, the technological hardware that is stuff people will find in their closet at this point. Yeah. And it's not hard to come across this stuff. And if anyone just needs some help tying together the, the loose ends, be happy to volunteer any that I have uh, to, to do just that.
0: All right. Well, there you go. Uh, well, I think we're signing off today. A little bit short of a show today. Everyone will be happy to We need to acclimate. Enough. Next week we will have acclimated and have our bigger coats on, and I'll be wearing some gloves, and we'll do we'll do a longer show. Uh, talk to you next week bye guys